everyone, and welcome. It is episode two of our brand new podcast, More Than a Classroom. So, I am Mr. B, and today I want to jump right into it. We are talking about planning. It is every teacher's favorite thing to talk about, and students, parents. Summer's coming to an end, at least it is here in Florida. We got a couple weeks left. We're already starting to talk about all those fun things leading into next school year. And and I I say that, you know, negatively, you know, a little bit of sarcasm there. But in all honesty, I, I do really look forward to starting a new year. There's always something so nice about a new batch of students coming in, students that are coming back that I get to see. I have a unique perspective because I do teach music and I get to see kids for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade years. So I get I get a lot more retention um, than a lot of teachers that might have kids for one year. However, um, it's not like if you had a teacher in sixth grade that now that you're in seventh grade, you never get to see them in the hallway. You never get to talk to talk to them. It's it's not like that's how it is. What it is, you know. But it is one fifty in the morning here. I don't know why I'm recording so late. Any of you guys just get that motivational hour, or maybe you you hit that second kick? I just streamed uh, myself playing some video games for about three hours, and here we are recording a podcast. Maybe I'll record two. We'll see. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed episode one. I do plan on putting these out at least once a week, maybe twice a week. We'll see how ahead of things I can get once the school year starts. It gets a little chippy, so I'll do my best. So pre-planning week, what is that? What do you mean? You have to you have to plan to to plan? Yeah, kind of, right? Um, so from a teacher's perspective, we're going to break this episode up today. Um, in, into two parts, kind of for the teachers and then for the students slash parents. Um, if you are a first-year teacher, I'm going to try to give you a, a few helpful tips. Or even if you're moving schools, a few helpful tips to, to kind of get, get you off on the right foot to start our school year. And same thing for students and parents. The last thing that we want is for students to be going into the new school year, um, you know, timid or nervous or all of those things. Some of those things are naturally going to happen, right? If you're at a brand new school, whether it be you're just getting into middle school or you're just getting into high school or college, um, there's going to be a little bit of apprehensiveness there, right? And so I'm going to try to give you a couple tips to to help you out. So the first thing is, what does pre-planning week look like? Um, Here in Florida, we have about a week um, before school. We actually have kind of a pre-pre planning that we have, which I love, um, where instead of meeting in our PLCs, our professional learning communities within our school, we actually get to meet within our county PLCs. So I get to sit down with all of the other chorus teachers and band teachers and orchestra teachers. And we just chat about what worked for us last year, what we plan on doing for this upcoming year. And that is invaluable. Um, information. I, you can't put a value on it with how important it is to meet with some of these teachers and, and talk. And, and it's also cool because the longer that you teach, the more things that you learn and the more you can bring to each other. And, and we're constantly learning, right? So we might have something where maybe someone went on a trip last year. I know I plan on taking my kids on a trip this year, and it's going to be the first big one that we're going on out of state and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a little ner- I'm a little nervous about taking the kids out of state. We've done plenty of trips. 
uh, within the state, but going out of state, something completely new to us. Um, there will be an overnight element. And so for me, picking the brain of everyone, whether it's middle or high school, that's taking kids on those trips is so important to me. And I, I'm aware that it's something that's new for me. So why would I just try to jump into something uh, and figure it out, right? When there are plenty of people that have gone through that process before. So number one, pre-planning changes based on the leadership at the school. I am on my third set of principles. Like this is the third principle that I've had currently at the school. And each principle has been a little bit different. My first principle was very regimented, would make sure that they knew where everyone was at any given moment during our pre-planned days. We are in there from whether it's, you know, 830 to four or 730 to three, whatever you're contracted for. My first principle made it a point to know that if you are contracted to be in your room at this given time, she was going to call up your room and say, hey, are you in your room? What are you working on? She would send assistant principals down during the pre-plan day to make sure that you were getting all of your tasks done. Now, my second principal was very lax. They were very much a, listen, if the final product is up to par, if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to stay out of your hair. You're a professional. I am not going to baby you. And then my current principal is kind of a happy medium between those two. They're not going to call up my room and harp on me and say, ooh, you weren't back in your room at 105 like you were supposed to be. You know, you took an extra five minutes on your lunch while I'm docking your pay. I, they're not going to be like that. Um, but also, they're going to be a little more on you as far as getting those tasks done. Maybe you do just get an email randomly at two in the afternoon from your assistant principal saying, hey, everyone, just wanted to check in. Make sure that by the time you leave today at four o'clock that you have X, Y, and Z done. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. All three styles of principal work for different people. And it's just like when you were in school, right? There are different teachers that you gel with for better or worse. I always used to use the example of math. For me personally, when I was in school, if I had a teacher that I enjoyed learning from, that I could understand, and that would help me when I had one-on-one -on -one questions that needed answering, I loved math class. Math was my favorite class to be in. However, if I had a teacher that just taught from the book or worksheets and didn't really answer one-on-one -on -one questions, it was more or less, hey, ask your friends for help. Here's some resources online or in the book to go to. You're on your own. I, I didn't learn very well from that. I was not a good judge, judgment of <laughs> what I needed. I just kind of sank. And for that reason, I failed math my freshman year of high school. Sophomore year, when I moved down to Florida, I ended up having to take two math classes. And I had two awesome teachers that really helped me my sophomore year. And I excelled so well in math my sophomore year that by the time I was in junior and senior year, I was in the advanced math classes and I was taking calculus <laughs> senior year of high school because I, I liked math. I fell in love with the process. So it's, it's different for everyone, right? Some things that you're going to see that teachers have to do during planning week are checklists for your classroom layout. 
this changes from school to school and from classroom to classroom. I am blessed because you're not going to have chorus and musical theater in any classroom other than the chorus musical theater room, right? They're not going to move me and my 70 kids in one class over to a general classroom that's designed for 25 to 30 max kids. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to have me having kids in a drum circle practicing for a concert when there's a history class taking place next door. It's just not going to work. It's not feasible for a school to do it. So when I pack up for the summer, there are some things that I pack up and there are some things that I don't. I always play it every summer as if, all right, I'm packing this room up so that let's say they were to let me go or I were to find a job somewhere else that I couldn't, you know, resist the offer that the room is set up in a, in a way to where it is practical for whoever would be stepping in myself included, but it also leaves some room to make the classroom your own. And I think that's important for every teacher, whether you are at a brand new school, you're moving rooms or you're coming back to your room, making sure that your room has your personality attached to it is so, so, so important. There was this teacher at my school a few years ago where her whole room was coffee themed. Every kid knew that this teacher loved coffee and her whole room, all of her tables were different coffee types. All of her walls had coffee posters. The kids had different nicknames for their groups every day that were coffee themed. Everything was tied together in the room. And even if those kids didn't like coffee, they could come to school and know, oh, at this teacher's classroom, everything is coffee themed and it's super cool. And guess what? When parents go, hey, do you know what so-and-so likes? Well, her whole theme is coffee. Her entire room is nothing but Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts posters. All right, great. We're getting our Starbucks gift card. Easy money, right? Some other helpful tips, if you're a brand new teacher especially, Go and meet everybody, even if you're an introvert. Introvert, I consider myself to be the ever-elusive introverted extrovert, right? So I love sitting here in my room, making a podcast, talking to you guys. Do I want to get up in front of a giant room of other teachers and do this live? No, <laughs> that sounds terrifying. If they asked me to do it, I would probably apprehensively say yes, because my anxiety is crazy and then freak out the entire time and wing it all the way through. There would be little to no planning, and I would just get up there and hope that I did all right, because I would be frozen in fear of talking to people. So you have to put that aside, and you have to go and talk to everybody. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Talk to your teachers in your pods if you have them your hallways, meet the front office staff, meet the custodians, meet your assistant principal, get a great relationship with whoever your, ad, your administrator is going to be, your evaluating administrator. Get to know them on a personal level because guess what? When they come into your room in the middle of the year, you don't want that to be your only interaction. You don't want it to be this apprehensive, oh, you marked me down on this and so now I don't like you and it's leading to this personal bias. You can go and have a great relationship with your assistant principal and also take that constructive criticism when they come to your room. You can have both things. And a lot of people think, 
oh, I, I'm not allowed to have a good conversation with my AP or with my principal. Yes, you can. I promise you, you can. Um, so even if you're returning, if you're switching classrooms, you're probably going to have new, you're, you're probably going to have new pod mates, new hallway mates, all of those things. And if you see new teachers around the school, if you are a veteran teacher, if you have been teaching for at least three years, I consider that veteran teacher because there's a lot of turnover in today's society, right? Go say hi to the new teachers. I was terrible about this last year. I'm, this is the pot calling the kettle black. I completely understand. And this is something I, I am making an effort to do this year. If I see anyone new, even if you just see their name on a list, ask the other teachers, hey, do you know what this last name goes to? What subject do they teach? If, it, if you're not sure. And make an effort to go and introduce them. Because one of my best friends from last year, who is sadly not at the school this year, she got a high school job. Gracie, I miss you. Come back. Um, <laughs> the only reason we really started talking, hanging out is because I happened to be there after school when she came to drop all of her stuff off a couple years ago. And I just poked in and said hi. And me and her and her mom was there helping her. Uh, and the custodian who was there at the time, like the four of us just sat there chatting just about life and the school and everything. And I think it really was nice having someone new in, in the hallway to talk to. Now, you're going to have some meetings during planning. OK, some things aren't going to apply to you at all. There are some things where I, as a music teacher, we sit in there and the big, the big trendy thing right now is to do centers as they call it, which is think of it as gr different groups that the students can move around the room and they learn different things. Some called stations, right? Now in a class of 70, I, it's impossible for me to have groups of 10 people do seven stations and have a move around the room. It's chaotic. Anything that I have with movement has to be structured in one big group. Maybe I can split them into two or three, but it's virtually impossible for me to have small stations of three to four students. Cause that's what they'll say in these meetings, right? Is they will say, yeah, what I want us to do is focus on getting students and getting groups of students of three or four and having them learn together and having them move around the room and learn different things at different times. And then at the end, you'll, you'll converge and put that into one big unit. Well, I can't physically do that. And the one thing that you can't do when something doesn't apply to you, don't sit there and complain all day about how none of it applies to you. Because guess what? When I'm sitting there and we're having finance meetings, talking with the bookkeeper about here are the changes to how we're filling out money's collected forms and when you're getting checks and money orders and cash, here's the process because all that stuff is always changing. I, I know that there are teachers that have to sit there and hear the budget meeting information about, oh, if you're going to sell t-shirts or do fundraisers or collect money at the door for concerts, these teachers are sitting there and it's not applying to them at all, but they still got to sit through it right? They shouldn't be complaining when it doesn't apply and neither should I. So try your best to stay positive and that goes with everything, right? Just starting the year off negative is not the way to go. 
You don't want to start the year off on a sour note. Yes, we know that you loved summer. I'm, I'm so glad that you had a wonderful time. But don't come to school and complain about having to be at work, right? I know that every day can you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days at work. But try your best to stay on a little bit of a positive note. And if it's like the old adage, right, of getting up in the morning and just making your bed, even if just throwing the covers back. Getting up and making your bed every morning is not about making your bed. Getting up and making your bed in the morning is about giving yourself a small goal and accomplishing a goal first thing in the morning, right? If the first thing that you do is make your bed, you did it, right? You got up, you accomplished something. Go you. Now, if you do that enough times and you tell yourself that you're going to focus on being positive, and you go in, you say, today's going to be a good day. And then it is a good day. Awesome. You accomplished it. Giving yourself small checklists is really, really important. Another thing, stay in touch with former coworkers. If you have a friend that left for another job or you left for another job, even if you left to a completely different state or country, keep in contact with those people. I can't tell you how many people have left my school that I'm at. I've been there for six going on seven years that have taught at the school, have left for another job, or maybe they were on maternity leave or whatever it is, and then they come back. And it's so nice seeing them and welcoming them back with open arms, but also just add them on social media. If you've got them on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it may be that you choose to use, even if it's just emailing and checking in once a month, seeing how they're doing. If they're at a new school, I promise you they're going to like hearing from you. It's just like when we get emails from old kids. <clears throat> now, when you're lesson planning teachers and, and APs, I guess, you're not planning lessons particularly, but just planning for the year. Stay close to the teachers who have been there, right? If they've been there, done that, and they're clearly a master teacher and they know what's going on, always lean on them. There's nothing wrong with telling them, like I was saying earlier about the trips, there's nothing wrong with going to a teacher that's been there, done that, and asking for assistance. Don't be afraid to make suggestions. If you're a brand new 22, 23-year-old teacher just starting, and you're sitting in those meetings, and it's the first time, and you're in a history department meeting, and everyone else has been there for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, don't just assume that your opinion doesn't matter. Because it does. Things are new, are, are, are meant to be changed, right? And when you look at our school system, it feels like everything else in our world, I'm talking about United States specifically, because that's what I know, right? Everything else in our world has changed from 100 years ago. Other than the fact that we have our kids sitting at desks, looking up at the front of the room with a teacher talking at them. Take that in for a second, right? The way that we teach is virtually the same in a lot of classrooms. Now, is it okay for that to change? Yes, it's completely okay for that to change. If you want to look into research on flipped classrooms, which is what music has been doing forever, flipped classroom is wonderful for a lot of kids. And changing the way that you teach, teaching in different mediums. I always say that 
a good teacher, being a master teacher is teaching the same thing in a hundred different ways because every kid learns differently and kids sitting out there listening to this podcast. I know that you'll agree because all of you have had that teacher that only teaches with handouts or only teaches with the textbook or only teaches with lectures and you take your own notes or only teaches with videos. Even if you really like videos, even if you love cahoots, even if you're a kid, they're like, yeah, we're doing a cahoot today. I'm so excited. Well, if that teacher does cahoot every single day and that's how you get all of your information and that's how you do all of your quizzes are cahoots and online handouts, it's not as fun anymore, right? It loses its luster. Now, going back to making suggestions, if you are a veteran teacher, stop scoffing when newer teachers offer suggestions. Things are meant to change. And guess what? You you might not take their suggestion. It might be okay. But the worst thing that you can do is when a newer teacher comes in, I hear it all the time. Oh my God, the newer teacher salaries just keep getting higher. I'm already angry at newer teachers because they only make $1,000 less than what I do and I've been teaching for 12 years. I get it. Is that fair? No. I completely understand. However, were they the ones that made this law up? Is it their fault? Do you are, are you saying that they don't deserve to make whatever it may be? They oh, their starting pay got raised from thirty nine thousand five hundred a few years ago to forty seven thousand five hundred now. It's not like forty seven thousand five hundred is all of a sudden they're making six figures and you're making forty five thousand. That's not what it is. I think teachers, the teaching profession has been so underpaid that I'm just glad something is happening, right? Now for students and parents, this is something that I just want to touch on a little bit. I don't have kids of my own, but being 30 years old, I wasn't, I was a high schooler not too long ago, you know, it was less than half of my lifetime ago. I was a freshman in high school, right? <clears throat> I, was 15, I was 15, 15 years ago. So I'm, I'm sitting at freshman year. And I remember going into freshman year. And if I would have known these few little tidbits before, if someone would have told me beforehand, I think it would have really helped. Number one, when you're buying school supplies, it's everyone's favorite thing, right? Walmart's got the back to school. Every teacher dreads it. Every parent dreads it. Every student dreads it other than the ones that are really artsy and want to get fun books. Buy supplies to last nine weeks, four times. Let me repeat that. Buy your supplies to last nine weeks, four times. If you need to put them in separate bins, stash them away. Don't get into that stash until that first nine weeks is over. Do not buy 28 weeks all at once. I'm talking about pencils, pens, erasers, notebooks for classes. You can do that a semester at a time if you really want to, right? But all of these items, other than the big things like backpacks and book covers and stuff like that, you know, book savers, buy them for nine weeks at a time. I can't tell you how many students lose all of their pencils, all of their pens, all of their notebooks, paper clips, everything. They lose them all within the first nine weeks. Well, guess what? If we all make an effort to tell the students, hey, I bought you four packs of pencils. You get one for the first nine weeks. If you lose it, you lose it. And if you need to go and, you know, 
buy a pack here or there to get them through if they lose it within the first three weeks. That is what it is. But at least you have those supplies to go into the second nine weeks and you're not just milking it dry because if we keep buying tons and tons of pencils for kids or even worse, they're just stealing it from their classmates because they need one, then we're not teaching them anything about how to take care of their stuff, right? Don't we want the kids to take pride in the items that we buy for them? Yeah, we do. And so what's nice about that is you buy some really cheap pencils and some cheap pens to start off. And if the students started with eight really crappy pens and they made it through the first nine weeks and they made it through with all eight pens, you know what? Maybe the second nine weeks will get you some nicer pens because you showed me that you can take care of those items in the first nine weeks. I think that's really important. And that brings me to the second thing. Find reasons to look forward to going to school other than to see friends and eat lunch. Write down goals and how to reward yourself when you reach them. So these are just a couple little tips thrown into one. Making personal goals for yourself is something that I love to impress on the kids that I teach. When we're talking about homework, when we're talking about um practicing for your concert, when we're talking about filling out applications to the magnet high schools and things like that, that they want to go to get some water really quick, making small goals, especially if you want to do it as a family, it is really, really nice to do. It could be that you take care of, you know, let's get all the way through the first nine weeks without you losing your pencil box. Let's get through the first nine weeks without you cracking your phone. Let's get through the first week without having a breakdown. Let's get through the first two weeks without having a breakdown. Because that, that, believe it or not, for a lot of kids is a, a really big deal. Because hormones at the middle school level are going crazy. They're going in as freshmen. They're going crazy. I get so many emails from my kids, which I love, by the way. When they're going into high school and they send me an email two weeks in, they say, hey, Mr. B, here's how my first couple weeks is going. And a lot of times it's got some sad stuff in there. You know, I, I'm struggling to make friends, but I'm really happy that I stayed in chorus or, you know, I, I'm struggling to make friends and I didn't join chorus and I really regret it. Do you think there's any way that I could be in it? And my answer is always yes. I'm going to email your chorus teacher right now and talk to them. Uh, but just making those little those little goals, right? Maybe if you are someone that doesn't like to eat lunch, but your parents are like, hey, I really want you to eat because you're going to school and you're not eating and you're coming home and you're scarfing down this food. I know that I was a kid that dealt with weight issues a lot when I was a kid. And so at school, I didn't want to overeat because I was afraid that people would look at me and say, well, no wonder he's so fat, right? And what ended up happening was I was not eating at school and then going home and stuffing my face and binge eating, and I was actually gaining more weight because of that. So just going and eating lunch, sending a picture over to whatever parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle, whoever you live with, and saying, this is what I'm eating for lunch today. I promise you, if you're a kid listening to this, parents, family members appreciate that kind of stuff, especially if they know that it's an issue for you. And then the last thing I want to talk about with planning for the year is planning vacations, right? Plan those vacations. Look forward to them. That's another one of those goals. And maybe say, all right, hey, listen, we're going to 
we're going to plan out this cruise for a weekend, you know, right in the middle of October. And we're going to take that Friday off and we're going to have a three day cruise Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get back later Sunday. And then we'll be back school on Monday. We'll only miss one day of school. And the better you do on your grades for every A that you get, we're going to give you $10 to spend at the store, right? Great. You got seven classes. Kid could potentially get 70 bucks. That gives them some motivation, some goals to plan for. Now, parents, make sure that you're conscious of the after-school activities and testing schedules that might pop up during the school year. I know that the testing window is generally always listed on whatever newsletter the school sends out. Make sure you're conscious of that. If you know that your kid here in Florida with middle school, we've got basketball, for example, that starts in the middle of March and runs through the second week in April, sometimes third week, depending on how well your team's doing and if you're going to go into the tournaments and stuff. But if you know that your kid is going to want to play basketball and you're planning for a trip, make sure you look at the basketball schedule. Maybe it's from last year. And if you can't find it, just reach out to the school and say, hey, do you know who's coaching this year? Do we know what the schedule looks like? Do we know what the schedule looked like for last year? Because I guarantee it's going to be around the same thing. Are they going to do theater? Are they going to want to do out-of-school things? Just please just be transparent with all of the adults involved because I've never met a coach that isn't willing to at least talk about schedules. And sometimes you might have a coach that says, hey, you can't do soccer practice every Tuesday, Thursday, and also be in the Broadway program every Tuesday, Thursday. You're going to have to choose. And that's just part of being a professional, right? Or maybe you find a soccer team that practices on Monday and Wednesday instead of Tuesday, Thursday, so you can make it work. These are all things to, to really plan out. I'm not saying you have to have the most detailed calendar of all time, but it, it does help to at least give yourself a little, uh, a little peace of mind as you're going through the year saying, okay, this is about when testing will be. This is about when the concerts will be. I know my concerts are already done. If a parent were to email me tomorrow and say, hey, Mr. B, when are your concerts? I'm going to say this date, this date, this date. And they're probably going to have MPA on this date because they're in an advanced class. Awesome. Great. Put it on the calendar. It's done. And that helps everyone involved. <clears throat> so that'll do it for some planning. I hope that this was just a little bit of a helpful tips episode. But if you agree with some stuff, if you disagree with some stuff, send me an email. Um, it's the email is in the description. I'm pointing down, even though this is an audio only show, <laughs> um, I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to come on an episode, uh, we've got plenty of topics. Some of the topics that we're going to be talking about in the future are, we're going to be talking about some classroom management, which is the key to everything. We're going to be talking about the first week procedures, which is going to be the next episode, episode three. We're going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about friendships. We're going to talk about athletics, mental health, clubs, dating, um, LGBTQ plus issues within school. We're going to talk about it, um, dealing with administration, which I touched on a little bit today. Boundaries and maintaining a personal life for teachers. I think that that's going to be a big one for a lot of you guys because you want to put your heart and soul into your kids, but... You also want to be your own person. I always, I always like to ask the question, could you walk into your local grocery store and buy a six pack of beer 
with a student and family members standing there looking at you and not feel weird about it, right? Social media, huge, right? AP and honors classes, and are those something that you want to delve into or not? Movie days in school, right? Movie days, we might go into substitutes that day as well. Uh, some best games, some some fun games for you to play within the classroom that have worked for me and other colleagues of mine and how to get those done. Gym class, especially when it comes to high school and changing out and do I really want to use those showers when it's first period and I know I'm going to stink the rest of the day and I know I should get clean, but I'm not sure. Body issues, you know, that, that's there. And then finally, lunch, everyone's favorite, right? I was that kid. What's your favorite, what's your favorite uh, class in school? Lunch. Yeah, of course it is, right? So anyway, that'll do for this episode. And uh, I'll see you in episode three. Have a good one. Thank you.